now, now we need to come up with our own like theme tune, like the Sean and Roscoe show. <laughs> <laughs> you, you in theme tunes, man. You're all over, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the wrong business. I should be writing jingles. You really should be writing jingles. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, the very latest episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. Apologise that it's a little bit late. Life has, as it often does, gone in the way a fair bit this week, um, and so we are a little bit behind. But we are very much caught up on the week's gaming news, and we're going to talk all about it in this podcast. I say we; it is just the two of us today. I'm here with Mr. Sean Davies. Just the two of us. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, yeah. That was a nice callback to the first time we've done this on our own. Yeah. Because the episode was called Just the Two of Us. That was it, yeah. <laughs> um, as ever, this is, of course, the Thinking Yours podcast. You can get this on Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean completely for free if you are subscribed to any of those things. And, of course, you can find it on fingerguns.net, where we reside, and on Twitter, on at fingerguns, F-N-G-R-G-N-S, and our individual handles are in the description below this podcast. So we're going to jump right in. So, Sean, I'm going to come to you first. <laughs> okay. Um, what on earth have you been playing this week? Um, so, despite the fact that I pre-ordered Days Gone, I've still not started it because, <laughs> like, so when the reviews came out and they said it was like a seventy-hour game to to hundred percent the game, and I know I'm going to want to like a hundred percent that game. I'm going to want to get everything out of it. Yeah. I thought to myself, don't start it before you go on holiday. Because I don't know how many times I've done this, started a game and then had to take a break for whatever reason. And then when you go back, you completely forget what you've done. Like the the number of times I've lost a Skyrim save because of this is like uncountable. So it's an unfathomable number of times that I've lost Skyrim saves to doing this. So I didn't start it. So this week I've been playing very short kind of bitty games. So I've been playing a bit of Mortal Kombat 11 again. I'm enjoying the new balances that they put in, which means it's less of a grind. Nice. Um, I've also been playing uh, Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. Ooh, how's that? So when it first released, it wasn't great. Um, it's it's just basically a fighting game. You play as different Power Rangers. Um, they've taken like a couple of very famous Power Rangers from different parts of the series. So like I know that me and Roscoe probably grew up on the original... Um, Power Rangers with Zordon and Alpha 5. and Oh, yes. Yeah, so some of those are in there. So you've got um, Kimberly and you've got Tommy and you've got Green Ranger, which was Jason. No, Jason was red. Oh, Tommy was... Anyway, so there's when it, when it first released, there wasn't a great variety of fighters on offer. There wasn't a great variety of arenas to fight in. And there was a story mode which was promised before release but wasn't in the game when it actually landed. Um, and now they patched it, and it is pretty damn good now. I've got to say, they've added a couple more um, Power Rangers. They've added one, which was is in the movie, so the, the 2017 Power Ranger movie, um, but not one of the main characters, like a, a character that dies within the first five minutes of the film, um, which is really odd, but actually he's one of my new favourite fighters. Um, they've added like a couple more um, 
fighters um, from different variations of Power Rangers, so they're like SPD. And, um, now they've added the story mode, and along with the story mode comes vo- comes vocals for a lot of the Power Rangers. So um, Tommy and Jason and Kimberly, they are all in it now with their vocals, which is great because as you're That's fighting, cool. yeah, yeah. So like as you're doing your like your your very iconic Green Ranger arc kick, he's like, like he used to do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now um, Goldar's got his his whole noise he did every time he got hurt. And there's there's like a, a bit of a story mode there now. It's not like massively in-depth, but I've been quite enjoying playing that. Um, and apart from that, so you might have heard of a publisher called Artifacts Mundi. Yes. No, I haven't. Okay. So <laughs> these these guys publish almost predominantly um, hidden object games. You know those games where you're given a picture and it says, "Find a baseball glove, find an umbrella, find a right, sure. horseshoe." So these guys publish predominantly those games. And this week, I've been desperately trying to get my wife into video games a bit more than she already is. And I noticed that she was playing playing one of these games on mobile, but she had to stop like every 20 minutes or so because she ran out of energy. And obviously the kind of predatory mobile pay-as-you-play kind of schemes were on the on the game. So I said, Look, there, are, there are some like full games that are li- out there for this. And, you know, I've been playing some of these. So I've been playing Dark Arcana of the Carnival and Hidden Grimoires 1 and 2. And um, and Enigmatis Maple Creek. So these are basically like a, a really good evolved version of the hidden object game that doesn't have the crappy premium pay-as-you-play, free-to-play, loot boxy shit that comes in a lot of these games on mobile. And we've been having a lot of fun. We had all of the kids in it on it today, stood around the TV trying to point out horseshoes and stuff. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I've really enjoyed myself playing these games. I mean, they are a total niche, and I get that most people won't ever want to play them. But, you know, sitting around a TV with all your kids and your wife just kind of chilling out, pointing at things on TV, can't have asked for a better Sunday, I'll be honest. Really ah, great. That's lovely. Now, what have you been playing? Well, before we get to that, I noticed that you platinum the game this week. What was that? Yeah, I platinum two games this week. That was... Um, oh, what well yeah, that was Hidden Hidden Grimoires and Hidden Grimoires Two. So these are the the hidden object games. They have oh, okay. gotcha. they have they have really easy platinum trophies, um, but you kind of have to know what you're looking for going in because there's little hidden objects in each screen that you have to find before you move on too far as you miss them. So they are they are really easy right. platinums and where they go. Cool. It's nice that they have platinums. Yeah, they. I think I think they initially kind of started off as this whole. You know this Peter Platinum stuff that some publishers have got going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 games are, are are difficult enough that you know they say if you want to get the platinum, you can't use hints. So and if you get stuck, you really get stuck. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can sit there for like ten minutes just looking at the screen, going, "Where's the arrow?" And then you'll notice it's like almost invisible between two drawers, and you're like, "I'm for five pound fifty." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not swearing because I've got the kids with me. Like, Fair enough. For £5.50. Yeah, so. <laughs> right, so what have you nice. been playing? Um, I've been playing a bit more Days Gone. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a little bit further into it now. Um, I'm still enjoying it. I still find it 
entertaining. I still find it annoying and frustrating. I'm kind of letting it go because the core game is really quite fun. You know, I think when I first saw it and when I was seeing it leading up to release, I've been like, well, I know what I'm going to get with Days Gone. It's just going to be exactly what I think it is. It's going to be running around, survival, chasing zombies, shooting zombies straight in the face. And that's exactly what it is. You know, it's nothing more and nothing less. It's nothing... I don't know how you get 70 hours out of this thing. I hear it's because it goes on for too long. I believe that it's um, it takes it more seriously than it probably should um, because the story isn't really that great. But And the characters are fun. I kind of like Deacon. I think Deacon's a pretty decent dude. Um, he does say some strange things. And there is some weird stuff in there that makes you go, oh, that probably shouldn't be in there in 2019. That's very strange that they've added that. But then you you sort of do some research and it's like, oh, well, they're just talking like they would if you're watching something like True Blood or Sons of Anarchy. You know, it's just got that that kind of biker sensibility to it. So you let it go. But it's it is fun. It's just a it's just a zombie blaster. And it's the the um the freakers are, you know, they're wildly overpowered. And that does get frustrating. And the hordes, I finally came across a horde. Um I think it was the same one that Paul uh, came across. It must have been, I suppose, leading up to the to, to where he is now, because he's a bit further than me. But yeah, it's it's an insane moment. Just <laughs> I think though. In a strange way, the horde has been tarnished by World War Z, Ooh. because I think I've been spoiled <laughs> by that by that dumbass double A um, shooter that we've all been playing together. Because it just doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than better than the zombie mountains and the zombies coming over the bridge. And you know the hordes are scary because if you if you know if they see you, then it's it's over. You know, there's no way you're really getting away because they can keep up with your bike, and it's it's incredibly frustrating. But I don't think it's as, as powerful as it would have been if I hadn't played World War Z first. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. It is. It is very funny that um, that we were like so many people have been talking about zombie fatigue, and then the biggest retail release of this year so far, and probably one of our favorite games as a website, is involved zombies. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at the sales of World War Z and the sales of Days Gone, you know, gamers aren't sick of zombies. No. You know. It's always fun shooting a zombie in the face. Yeah, I'm. I'm always wondering if like it's we're taking turns on zombie games. So like, we'll mm. buy World War Z, and then the next batch will buy Resident Evil, and the next batch will buy, you know, there's always somebody to buy a zombie game. Yeah, I mean, look at again. Yeah, you said like Resident Evil. I mean, look at the sales of Resident Evil Two, yeah. and World War Z and Days Gone combined. You know, I think the game fatigue isn't settling. Maybe in movies or TV shows it is, but you know. You get to do it yourself in video games rather than watching someone else do it. So yeah. I think that's where the fun comes in. And I think that's why zombie games are still kind of alive and well. Sorry, Freakers. Flowery Day's gone. You dick. If, if it walks like a zombie and it smells like a zombie and it does zombie things, it's a zombie. It's a zombie. Yeah, and that's uh, that's how it is. Um, I've also been playing uh, Fate of Silence, um, which, you know, I'm going to put my hands up. I was supposed to get content out for that this week. Uh, this week has been ridiculous so unfortunately i haven't been able to but it will be up this week coming it's bloody terrifying sean i'm not gonna lie to you really yeah it's freaking me the hell out i mean i'm very easily spooked i don't play games like resident evil outlast or i don't like jump scares because they irritate me and i realize that i'm a big pussy in when it comes to those sort of things but you know the the enemies are they're just freaky looking aliens so they're not scary they're just they just come at you when you least expect it and 
uh, it's very irritating. But you know, it's it's all about again, it's another kind of survival thing. But it's more about you can build your bases, and there's like a big old open world that you can explore, which is just full of these monsters, full of massive, enormous monsters, and full of very small ones that chase you everywhere. But um, I'm actually I'm, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. It's actually it's very different to the sort of thing I'd normally play. Uh, so I think that's why I'm getting a bit more out of it than I probably would have. Again, it's been out on Steam for, for a year or so now in early access, and now it's finally seen its its main release. Um, I can't speak to how, how much better it is since early access because I didn't play it, but from the game that I'm playing so far, I am enjoying it, and the review is coming very, very soon. It's uh, yeah, it's just taking a bit longer due to, due to life and it getting in the way of things. But I'm actually enjoying it, but there's a one game that I have been playing a lot, and it's called... Um, Run Race 3D on mobile. And Run Race 3D. Run Race 3D. It is a game right. where it's, if you can imagine speedrunners, you know that that four player game where you have to just like, yeah, keep going and and as the screen gets smaller and smaller, you know you know which game I'm talking about. Um, it's kind of like that, but it's a one touch version of that on mobile. I kind of downloaded it on a whim. It was one of those adverts that popped up while I was in another app, and I thought well, that looks quite fun. And I'm about 100 levels in, and I can't stop playing it. It's just one of those games, that, uh, one of those mobile games that grabs me. Not many mobile games do. I have two or three mobile games on my phone at any one time, maximum. But yeah, it's a fun little game where you just press, you're, you're against three other online people. So you play against actual people every time, and you just got to win the race. And every time you cross the line, the last person that's in the race is out. And so you get immediately kicked off the game. And it just, uh, yeah, it's fun. It keeps you, uh, it keeps you engaged, and it's free to play. So it's, uh, it's highly recommended if you want something a bit different to play on mobile. Sounds fun. So, explain to me this: how how does it work with just single touch? Uh, well, all you do is jump. Ah, okay. uh, you can jump and you can wall jump. Uh, you can double jump. So yeah, you're constantly moving, and you just control the jumps. Got you. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's fun. Yeah, it seems it appears that you play against three other people. I don't know how much of that is confirmed, to be honest with you, because I don't. It doesn't see where it's connecting online. Um, so I don't think we could like jump on together and play it together. If you know what I mean, I think it just yeah. picks four people at random and you just play them and you just race right them. Um, and so, but yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm uh, I'm enjoying that. It's keeping me uh, entertained in a way on the uh, the train journeys that I've been taking recently. That sounds fun. I might give that a go. It's, it yeah. reminds, I've been playing a game very similar called um, Peasant Knight, where you have two buttons, you can stop and jump, and you have to overcome obstacles, and that's that's pretty cool. It sounds very similar, so I'm going to give that a go, I think. I think it's 3D, 3D Runner. Uh, yeah, Run Race 3D. Run Race 3D, cool, okay, yeah. thank you. It's a stupid name, but it's a fun, <laughs> it's quite a fun game. Yeah, it's one of those SEO, you know, search engine opt- optimization names, isn't it? Yeah, exactly you know, that, like, yeah. Uh, how do we get the most hits on this? <laughs> Run Race yeah. 3D, fine. Yeah, it's not often we recommend mobile games here at Finger Guns, but um, yeah, that one has caught my uh, caught my imagination. Cool. So it's a good time. But yeah, other than that, not really. I haven't really played an awful lot this week. World of Goo has just popped up on the Epic Game Store for free, so I'm tempted to give that a go because I haven't played that before, and I always hear good things about it. It is a remaster as well. I don't know if you've seen this, but oh, is they, it interesting? Yeah, they've totally remastered the game. Um, and they are giving it away to anybody who's previously bought it. So obviously, World of Goo is so old that it's like predates Steam. And what wow, they, I know, I know. It's it's one of these. You know, it was one of the big PC games before PC games was you know really taken off. And 
but they they have a database of every single person that ever bought the game online and they have been going through and basically awarding people a copy of the remastered version even if you bought it back on a email address that you don't currently have access to from like 10 years ago which i think is like a, such a really nice thing to do like they don't yeah. need to do this obviously but like such a really cool thing that they they're doing for for fans so like if if you have an email address and you can confirm that you bought it all those years ago then yeah you can go and get yourself a copy of the remastered world of goo or you can go and get free from debit game store which obviously people won't do for whatever reason <laughs> well i don't care <laughs> it gives me free games and it's free games that i haven't played before so cheers epic i like you and um, we're going to talk a bit more about that a, bit, uh, a little bit later actually with the epic story but um I should ask actually, you've had your you've had your PC, which has been capable of gaming, finally for a little while now. How are you finding it? Uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm not using it as much as I probably should. The problem is that I've I've got so used to sitting in front of this the TV in my living room, and mm-hmm. I've got everything set up around my PlayStation and the Switch, and having I don't have enough HDMI ports in this TV, so I kind of would have to mess around with cables every time I want to do it. But it, I have found myself playing kind of, obviously I've been playing the, the Padre, which I will eventually get to re, like review once I actually figure out how to finish it because it is so fucking broken and <laughs> obtuse with its puzzles that I actually can't finish it. So I've been playing some PC games just like um, in between um, like other games when I don't want to play on the, on the PlayStation. But it, it's it's weird. It's like when you get so accustomed to like a controller and a shop and the fact that I've got like 600 games on my PlayStation and I've got like 10 on my PC, it just, it's really hard to kind of disconnect yourself from a platform that way. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to know. So like, for example, um, I really want to play Hypnospace Outlaw and I really want to play um, Australogaster, which came out or comes out this week. Yeah. Um, so just just knowing that I can play these games when I get around to it is so good. Like cool. I really I really want to play Hit Me Space Outlaw and and probably not tonight. Um, but obviously that's coming to Switch yes. soon. So. Oh god, I can't wait. Yeah, it's just it just just having the ability to play PC games. Even like I'm not even fussed about the the really high tech, you know, high end PC games. I just really want to play mm. the indie games that I couldn't otherwise because. You know they they don't they don't have a way to get onto platforms. Yeah, it costs a lot to go through cert on on Xbox and PlayStation now, so a lot of people aren't bothering. So yeah, having a PC is kind of essential these days, even if you do have a Switch and you do have a PlayStation. If you really want to play the, the weird indie games, that's the only way to do it. I guess that gets you in uh, Devolver games as well. Like yeah, yeah, I like I'm I'm currently trying to figure out how. To, so I've got a, a spare PlayStation controller, but it's got a busted um thumbstick so I'm, I'm fixing that up so just to stick on my laptop so i can play um the uh what's it called katana zero yes because obviously you know your review nine out of ten very convincing it's very rather good <laughs> it's rather good yeah and uh, yeah if that is your only way to, to access it then yeah absolutely jump on it i'm going to don't you worry the last PC game I played was Thimbleweed Park. Oh. Um, which, again, was free on the Epic Game Store, which I'm taking advantage of fully every month. So you and, should. Um, 
I really like it. It was a really, really nice game. I think it's out on consoles, but I just missed it. And it uh, it popped up on the on the, on the Epic Games store. Oh, I'll give it a go. And I really like it. Yeah, it's um from it's from Ron Gilbert, the same guy that did Monkey Island. You can sense that. It's got that all over it. Has it? Okay. Yeah. Very, very Monkey Island esque. Yeah, I I was really in it. I was really interested in buying it. And then I was kind of the first time I knew that it was out, and I don't know, you know, who's who's whose fault this is, whether it's my fault or the PR's fault, but kind of like the first thing I knew that it was out was Ron Gilbert sharing a post on Twitter to say the game hasn't sold very well on PlayStation. It's sold very well on Switch. I was like, I didn't even know it was out on either of these platforms. Where the hell did this go? Like, <laughs> did it get buried underneath the mountain of games it released each week? Because I didn't even know it had released. And then I went on PlayStation. It was in the store, in the, in the sale. So <laughs> it had been out quite a while already. But yeah, I'm actually going to get around to playing that soon because I really like Ron Gilbert's games and it seems like his deal. Well, I'll stick it in the backlog. Yeah, I'll stick it on the 602 games to play, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, um, all right, let's get into some news. And the first up is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. The Sonic the Hedgehog trailer has finally come out to a torrent of, uh, let's say, mixed reactions. Is that fair to say? Should we say mixed reactions? Is there really That's a mixed reaction or is it... Oh. I would, I would say mostly negative reactions. Mixed would be kind. <laughs> it's um, a very interesting take on the Sonic look with Gangster's Paradise. I mean, what do you know? Who knew that that's what Sonic was missing all along? Gangster's Paradise. Uh, Sean, you have an interesting take on this. So, yeah, I'm glad you're on this podcast with me today. What was your initial reaction to the sonic trailer what do you think about it now you've had time to kind of mull it over do you think the reaction was justified go for it okay um so i i really had no horse in this race i i was so i i had no intention of going to see a live action sonic film no matter how good or bad the trailer was because honestly it's like one of the most inessential creations of a movie i could think of but when I first saw that trailer and I saw Jim Carrey in his 1990s best, he's channeling the mask and he's channeling, you know, liar, liar. He's got that, you know, Jim Carrey spark back. And I saw Sonic and him being, you know, a typical, you know, rad individual. It was instantly kind of recognizable to me that that, that would be something my kids would like. And I, I tweeted about it and got told that I was wrong, that my kids wouldn't like that trailer, which I thought was <laughs> amazing. I obviously don't know my kids as well as I thought I did. But obviously, there you go. You've learned yeah. something today. <laughs> so so I, I showed the trailer to um, all of my kids. Um, one of them is too young to really understand it, um, but she did quite like Gangster's Paradise. So there you go. Um, the rest, Quinn who's the youngest boy, he instantly recognized Sonic because of the noise and was very excited to go and see it. The twins, so one of the twins was like, is that Sonic? Uh, and then by the end of the trailer was like, when is the film out? When can we go and see it? Please can we go today? I need to go and see this film. Hmm. Daddy, why aren't we going to see the film? Daddy, it said it's out. Daddy, the trailer says, and I have made a huge, huge error showing 
my kids live on Netflix, so they click on a movie and they watch it. They watch the trailer, and then five seconds later, they're watching it. Now they have to watch a trailer, and now they have to wait till November. Oh, and they do they they can't get it into their heads that they have to wait. So, what a what a time we live in, where we yeah. have to, <laughs> <laughs> discovering. There's a whole generation of people discovering that they have to wait for things. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. Like, I love that. They don't. They don't know what's out there. Like how how long I had to wait for it. Like how you know, back in our day, you'd, you'd get your first first trailer two years early on the beginning of a DVD. Sorry, like a videotape. Yeah. Like coming in November. Oh goddamn! It's January for God's sake. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've just got this this videotape for Christmas. Anyway, yeah, my kids liked the trailer. They all thought it was cool, and I honestly was was pretty stoked that they would get their own their own version of Sonic to get excited about because, you know, it, it it was never meant for me. This this film, you know, I'm I'm a 33 year old gaming cynic. I was never going to go and see this film. Like, it's it's wasn't ever designed for me. But I could see all of the design decisions that went into making this for my kids, and they all, you know, they they really well received that trailer you know they they were pretty excited about going to see the film so you know when i mean what did you think about the original trailer the you know the the gangster's paradise one well i watched it on my mobile in bed and i was intrigued but not overly excited um as you know i'm a massive sonic fanboy I guess I'm the the exact opposite of you in that regard, but um, I grew up playing Sonic, and I've kind of loved very different iterations of him throughout the years. And I feel like Sonic, despite Sonic Forces not being fantastic, I feel like the future may have been quite bright for Sonic. And so I watched the trailer again, and the only real question I had was, why is Gangster's Paradise in this trailer? And I kept asking that myself, and so I watched it again, and then I was like, oh, Jim Carrey looks great. I think Jim Carrey might sell me on this entire venture. And then I watched it again. And I think about, I literally, I'm not even lying, about 18 times later, I went, you know what? I'm excited for this. <laughs> you know, it, it got to a point where I was like, I can, I can look past how Sonic looks because I'm not a huge fan of the look. It doesn't really matter anymore. But, you know, I can get past it because I don't mind James Marsden. I don't. I love. I love '90s Jim Carrey. I love that he's suddenly channeling that, just completely out of nowhere, coming back again after doing years of dramedies and you know trying to become one of those serious actor people. And you know, to some degrees of success, he's made some fantastic films recently. But to bring back the old school Jim Carrey for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie is just so bizarre. I feel like there's just got to be an explanation as to why Gangster's Paradise was so was so prominent in that trailer. It's something that I still can't get my head around, but at the same time, there were some nice little Sonic fanboy moments in there that I think is getting a bit, a little bit lost in the, um, the, the furor in regards to his design. Um, let's see, the Paramount rings, that was a cool touch. That was a nice moment. Um, Sonic speeding through the woods, I like that. Jumping into a spin dash to take out Robotnik's truck, I like that. That was cool. Uh, Sonic's attitude still seems to be there. I don't. I don't mind the um, the voiceover. I can't remember who it is now. I know who it is, but I can't remember his name. I'll, I'll find out. Um, there was just little moments, and it was like that gave me hope that I think oh, this actually might be quite fun. And I tried to overlook it, and I eventually got to the point where I thought, you know what, I really want to see this now. 
And you're, you're absolutely right. There is absolutely no need for this film to come out at all. It's got, it's got no, there's no reason why this should happen. But it's happening, and we need to get on board. Otherwise, we may never see a video game movie about Sonic again. And I, for one, want to see a Sonic cinematic universe, which features, you know, Amy and Tails and Big the Cat and Knuckles. And just I want to see how far they can they can go down that particular rabbit hole. So as a Sonic fanboy, I think I'm probably, you know, I don't I'm not, I don't love how Sonic looks. Obviously, the director has come out and said, you know what, we're just going to redesign him. Because that's what internet anger does now. You know, it just takes the work of someone and then just diminishes it almost immediately. And uh, now, now they have to go back to work to to redesign him. But um, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. It's not going to be the best thing ever made. It's not going to be probably even a good or great movie. But I think it'll be fine. I don't know what people were expecting because there's very little story to tell in the Sonic world, you know? Yeah. Do you, do you know what? When, when it first came out and there was a lot, like, as soon as that trailer came out, the internet was hysterical. Like, people were, like, jumping over themselves to, you know, make memes about it. But I, I the first, my first thought was, right at the end of that trailer, you see Jim Carrey, bald head, big mustache, the robotic glassy, glasses. He looked exactly like Eggman. And in the back was, like, mushrooms. Yeah? So, like, he's obviously yes. made his way to Sonic's world. Like the first, the first time I watched that trailer, I thought to myself, "Okay, well, Sonic's going to look like this in our world, but when he gets to his world, he'll look like Sonic." Like yeah, that's that, interesting. That, that was my first impressions of that trailer. Like, okay, so he's in our world. He's got weird gnashes. He doesn't look like Sonic because he's not supposed to look like Sonic. He's supposed to look like a hedgehog in our world. And when obviously he gets to his world, which he obviously will at some point, and probably bring Robotnik with him thus spawning the Sonic Cinematic Universe or the SCU. Yes. <laughs> um, That's all I've ever wanted. I, I, that, that was my first take on it. And then, obviously, kind of the internet jumped on it, and I guess that isn't the case. But, I mean, that was my initial reaction. I just thought everyone was going a bit crazy over nothing because this is, this is the same with Star Wars. And, you know, we had, like, two whole films of people being like angry about something they had no clue about yet it just seems like from a trailer you know people were people were angry unnecessarily about something and, and yeah, i guess you know if people really wanted sonic to look like sonic then sure but it just seems like you know it was quite an artistic take on it it was still stylized regardless of the fact that people were saying it's not stylized like well, yeah it was sorry <laughs> like it was. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my favorite theory that's going around, I say it's a favorite because it's ridiculous, but it's my favorite theory that a lot of Sonic fans are hanging their hats on, that Paramount did this on purpose, that they spent millions of pounds designing Sonic this way and spent months on marketing in order for the internet to be pissed off so they would look like heroes when they redesigned him. I mean, as a, as a viral marketing, because, you know, you, you look at this, the way that this has come about. So we started off with the legs of Sonic, yeah? And we saw him on Golden Gate Bridge in that poster that was released like six months ago. And then we saw like the outline of Sonic and we still didn't see what Sonic looked like. And then we get to this trailer. Like every, every time this has come about, it's like been a leak, but it's never been a leak. It's always been like, have you ever actually seen the actual materials that got leaked anywhere? Like the very, there was a very original... Um, Sonic the Hedgehog leak 
um, where his eyes were much bigger than they are now. And they were bril- like, they were still two individual eyes, but they were popping out of his face. And I remember the reaction <laughs> to that. So I don't know if I can't, I can't buy into that theory, right? That's crazy. I don't know. Please tell I, me it's I, crazy because it sounds absolutely insane. Can, can, can you imagine another movie, another movie company caving under the, this kind of pressure to, just to say, yeah, you're right. And it took them two days to come to this decision. Like two days to say, yeah, we've heard the message. We'll change Sonic. Like everybody was talking about it. Yeah. And God. like everybody was talking about it. It was, it was scary that, you know, it is a very good marketing ploy. To have your movie trashed? No, to have is people it... think that they enacted change. Oh, well, like Insomniac did with uh, Peter, with the uh, Raimi suit. Yeah. <laughs> and the internet went, we won! We beat yeah. the developers! Exactly. I'm going to buy your game now because you put the Raimi suit in it. Dude, that was always the plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's always going to happen. <laughs> like, we don't just throw together a costume in 24 hours, dude. <laughs> like our oh, 3D artists don't just sit up there all night just creating that suit was already made that was ready to go and like you know the whole internet went like oh don't be a dick to, to Insomniac and then they were like ta-da here you go here's that you know surprise we were teasing you I, I, I would say that, that that is a mental for the, for the Sonic movie that is a mental kind of theory but you know the amount of people that are now going to go and see it because they, they think they've helped enact change a positive change on the movie and also those people that have that really, really complained and then have been told, yeah, I'm sorry, but you've just caused six months worth of crunch for an artist. You know, there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people out there going, you've just made people's lives hell for six months. It's, 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 a, it's a good theory, but I, you know, I honestly think that, that Paramount just couldn't see what was wrong with it. That it wouldn't I, resonate with fans. I mean, you've got to imagine that there was someone at Paramount going, this is a really bad idea, guys. I mean, wow. Even Sega must have, because Sega seemed to be actively involved in this in, in this thing. And I don't know. It's all very strange. Yeah, but I mean, like, let, let's be honest. You know, Sega's relationship with Sonic right now is a very weird one because Team Sega, the internal team um, that make their games, the last two games that they've released have been trashed. Whereas they got together a collection of indie devs to make games on the Sonic 2 engine and it got, you know, worldwide acclaim. You know, their relationship with Sonic is a very weird one. I honestly think that this new design might have been like them putting a bit of distance trying to create a new Sonic that they can build on. Honestly, uh, it, it, oh, it's bored. Because you got to think, you know, Sonic Heroes for what it was, they, they've had a really shitty financial year um, based on their, their financial results from last week. Um, their, their sales are down, their profits are down and you know, part of that is to do with the fact that you know, they had Sonic Racing delayed until this financial year, they had Sonic Heroes pretty much tank but it was, sorry not Sonic Heroes, Sonic Forces and you've yeah. got so- Sonic Heroes kind of bailed them out so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a situation where they, they really probably don't know what to do with Sonic right now they could keep making the 2D games, but you know how that ended up with and the Mega Drive. It was just, you know, they, they burnt it out. They probably have no clue. <sighs> Poor Sonic. He deserves so much better than this shit. He does. He does. But, I mean, you know, as long as they keep... Because, obviously, there is a, a Sonic Heroes 2 in development. 
well, while it's obviously not going to be called Sonic Heroes 2, they, they you know, Sega know that people... Do you mean Sonic, Sonic Forces? Or... No, so, which, one, which one was it? Sonic... Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania, not Sonic Heroes. Sonic there Mania. it is. Yeah, sorry. Um, be... <laughs> yeah, well, the, you, you would think Sonic Mania is probably one of their biggest successes in ages, right? Yeah, and obviously all, all of the developers that were in, involved in that have now been signed up to work internally on another project. Basically, they're just making Sonic Mania 2. But they're obviously not called Sonic Mania. Whereas the Sonic Forces team, Team Sonic, they've kind of, you know, they've, they're in a bit of a sticky situation now because, like, I, I wrote an article, like, what, 12 months ago when that game came out? And said, look, they need to pick a Sonic and build on that Sonic and stop trying to fart around with other Sonics because it's getting ridiculous. You know, we had Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces within a couple of months of each other. And one was terrible and one was great. But one was so convoluted because they just keep trying to stick more Sonic characters in it. It was... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was a time, Sonic Forces, where we had, we had an inkling of faith when we played it at EGX, didn't we? And then it... It, it's it's not that way. bad, is it? You know, it's, it's not. It's not terrible. It's definitely not the worst Sonic has ever been. That's for damn sure. It just came out too close to Mania, and I was, I think at the time, I was still riding that high, and yeah. uh, it just disappointed me um, to see see what had happened. I'm still optimistic. Presumably, Sonic Team are working on uh, the movie tie-in game now, right? Oh, imagine that. Oh, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to. You'd happen. hope so. Like, yeah. you'd hope so. Yeah, I'd imagine um, if the if the if the movie's due in November, I imagine that'll be the Sonic release for for Christmas. Got Sonic Christmas. Racing between now and then, haven't we? We've got Sonic. Yeah, it's this month, Sonic Racing. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to that. I take that as a movie, Sonic Racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sonic Team Racing is the best Sonic movie ever made. Confirmed. <laughs> I do. Um, right, um, something that came up today, PlayStation have announced a brand new state of play, which will be on May the 9th at 11pm, uh, British summertime. Uh, it's midnight in uh, Eastern summertime, I don't know when that is. I don't know, I don't know about times, I really should by now. But um, it's only going to be about 10 minutes long, and they have made it clear they're going to focus primarily on Medieval. Um, which was a game that they, I feel like they announced years ago, and they seem to be finally releasing it now. And a look at a new title, as well as updates and announcements from upcoming PS4 games. So, what are we seeing at State of Play next week? Okay. Anything so, we can get excited about? Anything? Or are we going to be kind of similar on the level to what we saw in the original State of Play? I, I think all of these State of Plays are going to be on that level. I don't think you're ever going to see another AAA game announced that way. I think... When Sony are ready to announce their big guns, they will do it on stage alongside the PlayStation 5. So, you know, don't get your hopes up to be seeing something amazing. But I do think it will be quite exciting for anybody with a PlayStation VR. Mm. Interesting. So, because I, I, having done some quick, like, calculations, we've seen projects from every studio apart from Sony Manchester or Sony Northeast, as they like to be called. Um, so, yeah, they Sony Sony Manchester are currently twinned with so- Sony London to finish up Blood and Truth, but obviously Blood and Truth's just gone gold. And Sony Manchester have been designing something for a very long time, um, for years, and they've been recruiting heavily into what looks like 
a AA slash AAA game. And I think they're probably going to push something PSVR wise in this in this um, next video. Okay, interesting. That's my take anyway. I think yeah, that's what I mean, we're going to get. The first day of play was, was, was VR heavy, wasn't it? And so I guess they seem to be uh, maybe treading a, treading a similar path for, for this one. Yeah, the, the problem with, with VR is it doesn't matter how many times you put it on stage, it never looks impressive because unless you try it, it's not something that you can demonstrate well while somebody stands on a stage. Yeah. And it's it's a waste of airtime. Um, so it kind of, it's it's not worth doing. And if you're sticking it in these these videos, you know, these basically the Sony Directs, then yeah, you're going to get people to watch them as long as you also include something like Medieval where... You know, people are going to be tuning in to watch Medieval, and you're going to show them a new title. Now you've teased the new title; it's got to be something worth teasing. But also, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to blow people's socks off. I think it's going to be, you know, keep your expectations in check. You're not going to see Bloodborne two. You're not going to see something crazy like that. Don't don't go nuts. I've already seen the nutters on there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's Grand Theft Auto six. It's not Grand Theft Auto six. It's definitely not. No. Um... <laughs> They've um, they made it clear in the PlayStation blog that there won't be any updates relating to next generation, which is kind of obvious. But I think they've they probably feel the need to state that because yeah, yeah I mean we're not going to hear anything about that for a while. Um, of course, speculation is always around. Kusushima release date, Last of Us Two release date. Um, I think there was a leak recently that suggested that uh, Last of Us Two date is going to be announced before June. Um, I don't know how legit that is. Everyone is, is of course putting two and two together and expecting it at the end of state of play this time. So, yay, another week of the internet being angry and disappointed because they hyped it up for their own. Like, uh, 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 people really need to start getting some, like, critical thinking in their brain, don't they? Like, if you think about oh, yes. it, like, 180,000 people might watch this video. Yeah. Sony are not going <laughs> to... Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. People, like, people really start to get their, like, expectations in check. No, it's okay. I mean, we had this conversation, I think, the first, uh, just before the first one um, that we were talking about, are they going to drop some big release dates? And, you know, I should have listened to you, as I should do every single day of my life, uh, because you said, you're not going to see Ghost, you're not going to see The Last of Us, it's not going to happen. And I was like, well, they dropped release dates on PlayStation blogs before, i.e. Spider-Man and God of War. Is it out of the realms of possibility? And yes, of course it was. And so... Because Sean is always right. That's why we call him the knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know what, though? It, you, you're right, though, because like release dates can get released any any kind of way. But I think for these these last couple of PlayStation 4 titles, they're really going to want to put something special together for it. I, I say this because I don't think these are just going to be PlayStation 4 titles. I think these are going to be like the cross-gen titles that you know have a bit of extra sauce to go with. The, the next gen crossover and the yeah. backwards compatibility. I, I, you know, I say this without any backing, and but I honestly think that the next PlayStation conference will get lots of release dates. We'll get lots of shiny trailers, and we'll get to see whatever the secret source that AMD are putting into these chips for Sony with these current gen games. But yeah, I I didn't mean to shoot you down about the release dates. It's just that no, it's okay. You were. I was just. I was. I was probably victim to it. I was getting a little hyped myself. Um, in the hope that, oh, well, Sony are doing directs. That's interesting. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed the first direct. I thought it was exactly what it should have been. It was just 
games and dates and more games. You know, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, people overhype these things to such a degree. And they do it with every Nintendo Direct, they do it with every Smash Direct and every inside Xbox, you know, and so it's yeah. it's just it's just a part of the internet culture. So I I'm always surprised that PlayStation decided to do this considering the kind of fucking backlash that Microsoft and Nintendo get constantly for these things. I guess PlayStation's not anywhere else this year, so they need to get the word out on certain titles at certain times. Well, do 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 count them out this year, totally. No, I don't. I don't. There's still so much to look forward to. So because yeah. I, I, I have a sticky suspicion that we will be hearing from them, but not at E3. And I, I think they will be presenting somewhere else, personally. I think it'll be Gamescom. I'm just going to say it. I was just about to say, will it be Gamescom? Well, you know, Jeff, Jeff and his band of troops have started a, an announcement show for Gamescom. In Jeff, a, a, Jeff Keeley. Yes, Jeff Keeley. Oh, that, that always a prick. Yes, but he started like <laughs> he is like you know. Now the the guy has got so many connections in the industry that it makes yeah, sense that he's true. kind of like the Doritos and Jew guy for everybody. Um, <laughs> he is though, as you know, he's, he's the he's the guy that stood next to a Doritos and Jew stand and told everyone the news for the day, and it was all great, and everyone was like, "This is so fucking sponsored." But we know he is a corporate shill. But you know, at the end of the day. The stuff that he puts together is normally better than not having it. You know, yeah. the E3 Coliseum show is normally pretty good, especially when he has um, Kojima on and he almost wets his pants. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, it's so cringy every time he mentions his name. I can't his, stand his eyes over, like, it, it, you, see, you, you say Kojima to Jeff Keighley and his eyes glaze over for like two minutes. And like, he just... <laughs> becomes unresponsive uh, <laughs> it's like it starts daydreaming about his, what his and Kojima's kids would look like <laughs> <laughs> they'd be so talented <laughs> oh, um, oh Jeff Keeley it's not it's not the fact I don't I mean I don't dislike I, I understand he has a place in the industry I get what he does and what he does he does somewhat okay ish you know I I can't stomach the Game Awards. They drive me insane. Um, and it's because it's all about him. Why is he presenting it? Why can't someone... There's so many great presenters in the industry. And I feel like if it was like an Oscars or like something where they just kind of like spread it out a bit, I think I, I could probably stomach the Game Awards quite easily. It just feels like I'm watching... Every time I watch the Game Awards, I feel like I'm just watching Jeff Keighley masturbate for two and a half hours. Yeah, a night with Jeff Keighley. That yeah. Was... <laughs> it's yeah. just like hi everyone i'm jacking off watch me <laughs> that's just what it feels like and so it's it just makes my skin crawl but uh yeah if he's got new playstation news then bring it on fair enough and he's he's doing a game show he's going to catch game... what he throws out what fair enough fair enough like i don't think he's going to gamescom to do a a three-day live stream for no reason is what i'm saying Hmm, okay. I think we'll hear more about Sony's plans at Gamescom. Might not be a live, might not be a big, huge press conference, but I do think we might hear more. Oh, very interesting. Put okay. money on that, ladies and gentlemen. That's what <laughs> you want to acknowledge. <laughs> don't, 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 don't bet on anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it is time, of course, for the annual Finger Guns quiz. Now, you may have noticed it is only me and Sean on the podcast this week. So 
rather than saving the uh, embarrassment that I uh, hand off to all of the other members of this team by trashing them every single week on this quiz, <laughs> um, they've decided not to turn up for this one. So I've got nobody to beat, which is very disappointing. But, dear listener, you still get yourself a quiz, so we're going to power through it now. Sean, go for it. Thank you very much. Please do feel free to take part, though, Ross, if you, you know, if you think you know what I'm, just remember the answer and we'll go back to it. So, um, I'm not going to sing this week. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to rap. Oh, no. (laughs) It's it's somehow worse. (laughs) Welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Yeah, let's Let's not do that again. Um, Um, (laughs) If you are affected by any of the issues brought up by by what you just heard, (laughs) please contact at FNGRGNS. Thank you. Um, So, yeah. Quick quiz this weekend, this week. Um, there's 15 questions, general knowledge, not themed. And I will give you like five seconds between each question um, because basically there's nobody else here to answer the questions apart from Ross. And he's probably going to have an answer to all of them because he is so very, very clever. So let's kick it off with question one. I think I just got a boner. Sorry, oh. carry on. <laughs> that is not the question. <laughs> okay, question one. The rock band Korn wrote, recorded, and released a song to accompany which PlayStation 3 exclusive first-person shooter? Okay, question one. The rock band Korn wrote, recorded, and released a song to accompany which PlayStation 3 exclusive first-person shooter? Okay. Hmm. Question two. The game Sleeping Dogs was originally in development at Activision Blizzard as an entry into which video game series? So question two is Sleeping Dogs was originally in development at Activision Blizzard as an entry into which video game series? Okay, question three. What is the name of the fictional fictional language spoken by characters in The Sims? Question three, what is the name of the fictional language spoken by characters in The Sims? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the answer in the language. <laughs> okay. Um, question four, which Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color game began with the phrase, it's dark, it's very dark, she's perfect. Man, that's sinister. <laughs> yeah. She's perfect. It's so dark here. And I'm going to try not to be as freaky this time when I say this question. <laughs> um, question four. Which Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color game began with the phrase, It's dark. It's very dark. She's perfect. Okay. Question five. In the 90s, Mario and Zelda games were released on a console other than those created by Nintendo. Which console was it? Ooh, good question. And you know what? I'll give you a bonus point if you're listening to this and you can name me any of the games that were released on this console that had Mario and Zelda in it. Excuse me, I'm just uh, texting Chris Scullion. <laughs> okay, that, I'll just repeat the question again. In the 90s, 
Mario and Zelda games were released on a console other than those created by Nintendo. Which console was it? Okay, question six. Which famous actor voiced Officer Tenpenny in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? I wrote this question specifically for Paul because I knew he would get it right and he didn't even bother telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, if you're listening, jot it down. Okay, question six was which famous actor voiced Officer Tenpenny in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Question seven. Finish this famous line. Punch, kick, it's all... Oh, I know that one. Oh, I so want to finish it as well. <laughs> you have to, don't you? I know it's, it's it's impossible not to. I should have I should have finished it two words earlier. <laughs> so question seven was finish this famous line, punch, kick, it's all. Okay, question eight: Which former U.S. president paid for campaign adverts to be displayed within eighteen video games, including Burnout Paradise and Madden? So question eight is, which former US president paid for campaign adverts to be displayed within 18 video games, including Burnout Paradise and Madden? Huh. Okay, question nine. Which musician composed music for Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but was not creditors, credited as they abandoned the project? Oh, I know this one. I told you this week was a little bit easier. Good lord, I know this one. Woo! So, just uh, for anybody listening, so which musician composed music for Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but was not creditors as they abandoned the project? So, question 10. Which video game holds the record for the most funds received through a Kickstarter campaign? The question 10 is, which video game holds the record for the most funds received through a Kickstarter campaign? I think I know this, but I'm going to be disappointed if it's not this. I, I think, think you, you, probably, you probably know what I'm thinking, don't you? I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question 11. In which game would you find the locations Lucky Landing, Lonely Lodge and Fatal Fields? Wow. You really have made it easier this week. I've, I've really tried. But the problem is I knew, I knew that Greg wouldn't know that answer. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, so question 11. In which game would you find the locations Lucky Landing, Lonely Lodge and Fatal Fields? Okay, question 12. Which male actor starred as Angelina Jolie's co-star in the 2001 Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what did you think of the more recent Tomb Raider movie I enjoyed it yeah me too simple fun um, question 12 which male actor starred as Angelina Jolie's co-star in the 2001 Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie okay question 13 what is the longest running sports video game series of all time oh, that's a good question could be at least three different games Hmm. Four, maybe? 
Maybe five. Hmm. Which is the longest running sports video game series of all time. Question 14. In the Marvel Avengers movie, what video game does Tony Stark catch an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. playing while on the Helicarrier? Helicarrier? Helicarrier. Helicarrier, yeah. There you go. Is this Avengers Assemble? Yes. Right. Just something for our British audience there. <laughs> I'm like, what, what the hell movie are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so question 14 in the Marvel Avengers Assemble movie, what movie, what video game does Tony Stark <laughs> catch an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. playing while on the helicarrier? And the last question, question 15, the original Medal of Honor game released in 1999 featured a story penned by which movie director? So that's the original Medal of Honor game released in 1999 featured a story penned by which movie director? And there are all the questions. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Do let us know how you got on on uh, this week's quiz. Yes, Over please on do. Twitter, of course, and Facebook and uh, in the comments in any of the podcast locations. Um, we'll, we'll go through the answers at the end of the podcast. Right, then moving on to uh, the next story, which is, of course, Borderlands 3. Oh, it's been a, a fun week for Randy Pitchford. Um, they revealed the gameplay of Borderlands 3 earlier this week, which looks it looks like Borderlands. Um, it looks like a shiny, shiny version of Borderlands, and it hasn't really got me all that excited. But fans were going crazy, and so that I guess that's all that really matters. And Randy Pitchford on the live stream was talking about um, monetization and microtransactions and all that lot. And how the game won't feature loot boxes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then Game Informer went a little bit deeper into it, and it turns out that the game does feature some cosmetic microtransactions. This is something that Randy Pitchford then denied on Twitter, even though Game Informer had to prove in front of him. And what what followed was possibly a tirade that made a lot of people decide not then to buy Borderlands 3 anymore. So it seemed to fuck up the wording of what he was trying to say and got completely roasted by Game Informer over and over and over again in one evening. And if you go to Randy Pitchford's Twitter, it's it's rather entertaining. It's just a man I can imagine just sitting at home in his office chair going completely mad at his mobile phone. Um, so, uh, Sean, I wanted to get your take on this. Randy Pitchford is obviously a very controversial figure. Uh, where does he stand in in your pantheon of uh, game developers? And do you will his actions beforehand, before we knew about Borderlands 3, and his consequential meltdown on Twitter, does that affect your excitement or your concerns about Borderlands 3? Um, so I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I have a friend that works at, at Gearbox and after after watching Randy Meltdown, I kind of, I didn't watch the Borderlands 3 event. I didn't tune in. I was busy at the time. I decided to, after I'd seen Randy's complete meltdown on Twitter, kind of went on to the trailers had a look at them, you know, sat and watched. And this is when I found out that basically what Randy had said on stage was not what he intended on saying. He'd, he'd had three dress rehearsals and said what he meant to say perfectly fine. When he came to the live stream, he completely fucked it up because basically what he was supposed to say was there are cosmetic um, microtransactions, but there's none of this kind of loot box, freemium, you know, not knowing what you're going to get for paying in your video game you'd know what you're going to get when you're paying for it, basically. And he completely fucked up on the live stream despite doing it perfectly three times through. And having looked at the, the trailer, I am super excited for Borderlands 3. 
it is exactly what I wanted out of um, a Borderlands sequel. It's encompassing everything that I like about Borderlands, including the stuff that they didn't really have to include. So like the Tales from the Borderlands, they didn't have to include that at all, but they've really gone to town on including that. And Just a little bit without Troy Baker. Yeah, which, you know, again, I don't know if you've caught up on this, but basically um, Randy Pitchford said Troy Baker turned down the role, didn't want to do it. And then Troy Baker said, I've not actually said that at all. No, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was following that. It was quite an interesting conversation. And then you've got, you know, the whole Claptrap situation where the voice actor said, actually, I really want to be paid for the work that I do this time as Claptrap. And rather than paying for doing the role, they've just kicked him out and said, no, you don't want it. You're not going to be in the game. I, I'll be honest with you. Gearbox as a team are so very talented. And I don't, after I, after I watched the trailers, I tweeted out to say, look, despite the fact that Randy Pitchford is, is leading it, it looks like Borderlands 3 is going to be really good. And, you know, props to everyone who's having to work around Randy and the rest of the management at Gearbox to make a good game. And my friend reached out and just said, thank you, that means a lot. I kind of shared this with a few other people because, you know, what a fuck up this last day has been in. You know, we, we understand that, you know, fans are, they want clarity, but also Randy fucked up and is continuing to fuck up and we're all really worried. But the game still looks great despite the fact that Randy is such a tool and continues to be such a tool and may or may not have left you know, kiddie porn in a medieval times. He used to be like a real hero of mine. And then you kind of, you should never meet your heroes or even follow them on Twitter, I guess, because that's what fucking happens. <laughs> yeah, You know, he's it, it, turned into a bit of a douche. And um, I guess this is, you know, what happens when people, when it goes to their head. But, you know, despite him, Borderlands 3 looks great and I'm really excited to play it. And, I hope that Randy knows that he is currently the weakest link at Gearbox. I, I hope that he understands that his fuck-up is costing a lot of people a lot of sleep. And, you know, I really hope that 2K are looking at him and just saying, take your fucking Twitter account away. Because, you know, I can't imagine 2K are very happy. Publishers obviously sitting there like, okay, you had a really simple message, message to deliver twice and you've balls it up. And then you've gone and attacked the press, which is the dumbest move you should make. Do yeah. not piss off the press, because, like, that's... I mean, it's not going to colour critics' reviews, because it's two very different places. You know, critics don't really mix with the news desk. Bigger, wider outlets. But what what a fuck-up that is, anyway. Just just don't fuck with the press. Like, if, they, if you fucked up, admit to it. But you didn't. He went for the jugular, and he looks like a right tool now. Now, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's I wanted to get your uh, your view on it because it is it is a very sensitive issue, um, I think. And it's you know it's got to be remembered that Randy Pitchford is not Gearbox, and Gearbox is not Randy Pitchford. Um, in the same way that you know maybe not to the same extent, but I feel like um, Cliffy B kind of had this thing as well when he was trying to push. Uh, oh god, what was his games? I've already forgotten them. That um that hero shooter that he made, Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers. Yeah. Yeah. And then he then he made a Royale, which didn't even get out of super early access. Freedom Heights. And um yeah, and he just and again it's not they're just the the heads or the faces of these companies. They're not the developers and 
So if you're still ex- if you're excited for Borderlands Three, remain excited about it because there's a whole team of people that are really proud of their work and want you to play it. And that's the important thing to take away from this bullshit. I believe, yeah. anyway. Okay, then finally this week uh, we have Epic buying. Psionics, which is, of course, the creators of Rocket League. So Epic put out a statement that said, the PC version of Rocket League will come to Epic Game Store in late 2019. In the meantime, it will continue to be available for purchases on Steam. Thereafter, it will continue to be supported on Steam for all existing purchases. Sean, what do you think about this? I'd love to see the check that um, Epic cuts for this because Psionics is, like, not a small developer anymore. No. Um, I, I know they have, they've, they've had their tiny days and they, they are long behind them because of Rocket League. And I'd love to see the size of the check they cut to make this happen. I'm impressed, to be honest, because Rocket League is one of those things that has legs in various different um, runways, especially when you're making it an exclusive. For for example, one of the things that I've seen banded around is that Epic might decide to make Rocket League free-to-play, which means, sure, everyone else is going to get... Um, the content that's up to the t- point where it goes free to play but if they make it free to play on the epic game store it means that people come to the epic game store they get rocket league for free but they sell the current cosmetic um items that they have to keep the game going because it has reached kind of a saturation point or, or it's coming towards the saturation point of people that will buy it for money and it will be interesting to see a massive influx of players playing it for free. And that is a massive incentive for the Epic, Epic Game Store. If the two big games that kids play these days, which is Rocket League and Fortnite, are both on the Epic Game Store, you're basically cornering the market for the early teen demographic. They're all going to be coming through your Epic Game Store. Yeah. And that, re- that I mean, that isn't like going to pay dividends right now but in 10 years time when those kids are still playing games and they are still looking for somewhere to shop they already have an investment in the epic game store it's a long-term gain that is um and it is a good investment obviously the fact that you know minecraft is not going anywhere it's going to stay on steam and you know microsoft you know the windows store you know that is the other steam they desperately desperately need to keep hold of those games like like um minecraft and you know they the fact that world of goo was going to epic game store is like bonkers because you know you'd have thought that i got on steam but epic really are are making waves now they are really trying hard and for rocket league it is a decent move because it it isn't going to sell it's it's at a, a place where it kind of won't sell much more than it is, has done already without investment. And obviously, Epic's money bags currently are very, very deep, thanks to Fortnite. So, oh, of course, their engine. But it's a, it's a really good investment. But more so for me, I'm quite looking forward to um, what Psionics do next. Because I don't know if you ever heard, ever played Nosgoth. Um which was the game that they released for PC. Um, Square Enix asked them to do a tie-in game to do with the Legacy of Kane games called Nosgoth. Did you ever play that one? I didn't, know. So, so Enix, um, they, they released this. It's kind of a 
multiplayer vampires versus humans and it was a damn good game but it never made it out of early access um and i played it as a show many years ago and then got it on my busted ass pc so it wouldn't play as well as i wanted it to play but it was still a damn fine multiplayer game obviously that didn't make it out of early access but the next thing they released was rocket league so they didn't really need to you know, worry about too much about a fair <laughs> game behind them. That studio has a really good tendency towards game design and what works in games design. And, you know, they, they the Rocket League um, concept didn't work the first time around, but obviously with Rocket League, it did. So I'd love to see what they could do next with Epic's money. And I, I doubt that Epic have bought them on the premise that you will support Rocket League for forever and never develop another game. I honestly think they've got something else in the pipeline because you don't you don't upskill your entire studio um, to support Rocket League, which then starts to tailor off over time without having something else in the pipeline. So I'll be interesting to see what Epic have picked up that isn't just Rocket League because obviously it's beyond Rocket League. They've got a developer on their hands there, which is a decent developer. So it'll be interesting to see what comes next from them. Indeed it is. Epic are really throwing their weight around at the moment and... Uh... Yeah, the PC. Uh, it's like it's it's almost like the um, the PC war is almost like a console war now, even though it's the same platform. Yeah, it's it's bonkers because I, I, I and I don't really understand it. I like I've read a lot of the, the you know the the gospels of according to Valve. Um, you know, we, they have better overlays, they have better storage, the stores, they have better searchability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the problem is Epic are looking at having feature parity with Steam within the next 12 months. And none of those will then be complaints. And none of the complaints about it being, you know, um, a monopoly, you know, being anti-consumer. This is exactly pro-consumer because the default has always been for as long as I can remember, you release your game on PC, you release it on Steam. You might put it on itch too. You know, you might you might bother with it on itch, but or, or the humble game store. But everything links links back to Steam. Everybody wants Steam goods. What Epic are doing is breaking that status quo, and people are pissed. And I can understand why. You know, you've got a library of four hundred games that you you know, and you know some people have got thousands of games on PC because they go for so cheap. What Epic are doing is coming in and making it a more consumer focused arena. The the um, savings that developers are making through the Epic Game Store will eventually trickle down, and they they will eventually become cheaper. You know the feature parity will come within the next you know if it's not twelve months, let's say two years. Within two years, the Epic Game Store will be uh, you know on par with what you can get on on Steam. The the arguments don't really hold any weight, and people really just need to get on board with the fact that you need two launches. You really need like five launches because you need Origin, you need Uplay, you need the Epic Game Store, you need Steam. You know, all of these things, you know, it's just your PC, it's just your hardware. You know, people have had it too good on PC for too long. You know, at least it's not like on console where you have to shell out £400 just to play, what, Mario Kart or whatever. You know, like it is for us, us console paupers. That's poor, poor console folk. <laughs> yeah it's very exciting times watching it from the sidelines anyway it's kind of like watching an impartial football match 
Yeah. You, know, you just kind of just kick back and enjoy it because you're not really involved all that much. Yeah, except except you can't say anything about it now. Like, don't go on, don't go on Twitter and mention Epic Game Store because like it just opens up a can of worms. Just don't do it. No, I this won't. is your public service announcement. Do yeah, not, ladies and burn. gentlemen. <laughs> listen to the knowledge. <laughs> even, even, it doesn't matter if you don't express an opinion about the Epic Game Store. You just attract people from both sides who want who want to convince you that shopping there is a bad or good idea. It's not worth it. So then, let's finish off with the quiz answers. Okay, give me two Here seconds. Here we go. I'm so ready. Okay, so. Question one was, the rock band Korn wrote, recorded, and released a song to accompany which PlayStation through exclusive first-person shooter? That game was Haze. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, they, they wrote um, part of the soundtrack to the game. And, um, yeah, the, the music video is something to behold. If you get a, if you get a chance, Google the Korn Haze video. It's, oh, partially, it's partially in-game graphics. So they did oh, like no. an engine. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so question two was Sleeping Dogs was originally was originally in development at Activision Blizzard as an entry into which video game series? Any ideas on this one, Roscoe? Uh, true Crime. That's correct. The answer was True yes. Crime. Um, question three is what is the name of the fictional language spoken by characters in The Sims? Um, it is Simlish. Or dentists speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Novocaine speak. Um, so Simlish, and that is S-I-M-L-I-S-H. So question four, which Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color game began with the phrase, it's dark, it's very dark, she's perfect. And this is, of course, perfect, perfect dark. dark. Nice. Yeah. Um, question five, in the 90s, Mario and Zelda games were released on a console other than those created by Nintendo. Which console was it? Any idea on this, Ross? Not a Scooby. Okay, so this console was the Philips CDI. Oh, son of a bitch. I have one of those. Yeah. Interesting story behind this. Um, there's a decent article with um, the guy that made these games possible on Kotaku. Um, I think it was in, released in January. But basically, he, he exploited a loophole. Um, he used to work for Atari and then worked to work, went to work for Nintendo. And Nintendo were like, why are, you, why are you publishing games? Why are you publishing our games on Nintendo? And he was like, well, because you never told Philips they couldn't. So, <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they released um, Zelda's Adventure, Zelda, Zelda the Wand of Gamelon, Link, the Faces of Evil, and Hotel Mario. Um, oh, there you go. I've only ever seen Hotel Mario. I've never seen any of the, the Zelda games, so I'm going to have to look out for those. So, question six was, which famous actor voiced Officer Tenpenny in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas? Ross, any ideas? Um, Nick Fury himself, Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. That is very true, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. Told you you would know it, Paul. I told you you would know it. You can hear it now, can't you? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, question seven. Finish this famous line. Do you want to sing it together? After three. Oh, God. <laughs> One, two, three... Punch, kick, it's all in the it's mind. It's all in the mind. <laughs> so, yeah, that was obviously from uh, Parappa the Rapper. A um, game that I hadn't played until 2016. Yeah, but now, now you played it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I hate it. Carry on. Oh, 
Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question eight. Which former U.S. president paid for campaign adverts to be displayed within 18 video games, including Burnout Paradise and Madden? That was, of course, Barack Obama. Obama! Yeah, so he paid, paid for um, billboards to be put up in Par- Burnout Paradise. Um, and uh, people got to destroy them, which is a bit odd, but yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, it, was Trump, only, I guess. it was only available in certain states in America and only on Xbox because Xbox had that whole advert thing which people signed up for in the, the oh. user, user agreement. But yeah, that's you paid for adverts in games, which is pretty cool. Um, question nine, which musical, which musician composed music for Sonic 3 and Knuckles but was not credited as they abandoned the project? You know this one, don't you, Roscoe? It's Michael Jackson. It is Michael Jackson. The one and only. Yes. Um, question 10. Which video game holds the record for the most funds received through a Kickstarter campaign? You think you know this one too, don't you? It better be Shenmue 3. It is Shenmue 3. Oh, yeah. Closely followed by uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh, nice. Good for um, Yeah, they did really well. Okay, question 11. In which game would you find the locations Lucky Landing, Lonely Lodge, and Fatal Fields? Uh, this is a freebie. It's a Fortnite Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. You might have heard of it. It's doing all right. Yeah, it's doing okay. Um, yeah. Unless your name's Greg, in which case you would have not have had a single clue about that question. <laughs> okay, question 12. Uh, which male actor starred as Angelina Jolie's co-star in the 2001 Lara Croft Tomb Raider movie? It was Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he made some interesting choices before Bond, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, Layer Cake was still good, though, you know. Oh, Layer Cake. Awesome film. Okay, question 13. What is the longest-running sports video game series of all time? I had to guess this one. Go on, then. Is it Madden? It is Madden. Yeah! John Madden Football was released in 1988, two years after I was born. Freaky. That a yeah, video game exists. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, question fourteen in the Marvel Avengers movie: What video game does Tony Stark catch a shield, Agent of Shield, playing while on the helicarrier? That guy's playing Gallagher. Gallagher. Oh, we wouldn't notice, but we did. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> and question fifteen: The original Medal of Honor game released in nineteen ninety nine featured a story penned by which movie director? Any ideas? I didn't notice one. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Well, of course it was. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, he, he got the whole idea for the movie while doing Saving Private Ryan and decided to put it into a video game. So, yeah, 1999 Medal of Honor featured the story by Steven Spielberg. Oh, well, there you go. That Medal of Honor is still around today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, just just don't release, don't ever release a game as with a name as bad as Warfighter. Medal of Honor Warfighter. Oh. That's nearly nearly as bad as Need for Speed Car Driver. <laughs> or... <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah, they, these are the, the answers to all the questions. Please do let us know if you listen to this how many got you got right or how many you got wrong. I tried to make it a bit easier this week just for Paul, and he didn't even bother showing up. I'm so yeah, absolutely. So thank <laughs> you very much for playing. I got twelve, but it doesn't count, does it, to the overall league? No. I mean, you would have instantly won this one anyway. Yeah. But 12 was a good score. Yeah. Thank you. Thank I might you add it on. You know, do you know, at the end of the season, if we're doing seasons, um, I might just add it on anyway, just to peeve everyone else off but not turning up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Screw you guys. We've got our own ball. We're going to play on our own. <laughs>
All right. Um, finally, then, we just got out this week, and it's a pretty quiet week. Uh, we had Days Gone last week. We got Rage 2 next week. So this week, um, at least on PS4 and PSVR, we have Brief Battles on May 7th. Do you know anything about that? Nope. Okay. And the retail release of Ghost Giant on PSVR, both nice. on May the 7th, which will be tomorrow. Of course, the big release tomorrow is, of course, the all-digital Xbox One at one nine 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 at least here in the UK. So if you fancy an Xbox, but don't fancy putting discs in it, that's the one for you at all good gaming outlets. And all bad ones and too, a, probably. And probably all bad ones as well. <laughs> um, there's a, there's seems to be a thing going around that are going to be quite hard to find. They're going to be quite made in short shipments, but I'm sure you'll be fine if you go to Game or at least probably Amazon, HMV, places like that. Yeah. I can't see like flying off the shelf but you never know no i think it's going to be a very um it's a product for those who just desire it and i think there there are that many people just yet but uh we shall see enjoy forza horizon 3 which is built in just so weird why not put four <laughs> so anyway um <laughs> that does bring an end to this week's gamecast thank you very much sean it's a pleasure thank you very much for joining me it was you know the two of us again more yeah. than the fourth oh i'm so proud of us Memories. What a good time. What a good time. Uh, next week, he may not be around. No, I'm going to have to make is, apologize for next week. Which is a bit terrifying. Going to have to do it with the other ragamuffins. All on my own. Oh, wow. Oh, God. It's going to be like shepherding cats. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, of course, this is Finger Guns. If you are listening to this, you know that you can get it on Spotify iTunes on the Apple Podcasts or on Podbean. If you do want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter on at Fingerguns, F-N-G-R-G-N-S. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fingergunsuk. You can follow us on Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. Did you know if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, and you can use that Twitch Prime to subscribe to anyone on Twitch that you like for no extra charge. We'd love it if you gave it to us. But we understand if you don't want to because we don't stream all that much. But I have to say it anyway because we need to make something. So, yeah, we will get on uh, Twitch very, very soon and make it worth your money. And, of course, we have a Patreon. Uh, $1 a month you can support the podcast. The podcast is funded completely by our supporters over on Patreon. And uh, we appreciate it very, very much. If you feel like we've earned a little bit more, then that would be great. Throw on if you wish. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time for more video game shenanigans. Sure.